Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to Nam Watch Review. Uh, welcome to Nam Watch Review. I'm sorry, forgive me for the slight hesitation or slight editing you might get because this is the first time I've been back with this family for a long, long time. So I'm pretty excited. That being said, on this show, we review the latest film drop or throwback, celebrating a milestone while eating and drinking our favorite movie and snacks and drinks. I'm your host, Alejandro Cowie. Am I Alejandro Cowie? I'm Alejandro Cowie. And today I'm having some Blueberry Lemonade Sunkissed, some uh, popcorn with a little bit sprinkled of seaweed, some gummies, some Swedish hazelnut chocolate, and gingerbread raspberry cookies. Hopefully, I don't go in a diabetic coma, so I'm also going to introduce my guest with me today. Derek, please introduce yourself, my friend, along with what you're having with us today. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Derek Murray. I do not have a menagerie of snacks, as <laughs> uh, Alejandro does. He is, he's out here just eating the house, just getting the whole house in the woods uh, on his little tray table. Um, so I I'm I tried to be a little sweet without, you know, kind of breaking my, my diet. I'm, I'm trying to stick to my resolution. So I, I made some delicious chocolate protein pudding uh, made out of protein powder and uh, some peanut butter. So stirred that up. Uh, so I, I don't think I'll get diabetes. And then I'm just drinking <laughs> water, guys. Sorry. It's so basic. But yeah. No, yeah. you're the smart one. Don't worry about it. You know, a couple of weeks from now, I'm the one that's going to be like having seizures and you're be like, I'm good. I'm healthy. So <laughs> you're good. Don't worry. You'll be taking steampunk diabetic shots into your <laughs> exactly. leg. Exactly. Yeah. I could do this. You call me Hansel. No, but anyway, that being said, I'm going to introduce the other awesome individual. Tony, introduce yourself, my friend, and what you're having with us today. Uh, so I am not at all being healthy. Um, I'm just <laughs> trying to live, man. So yeah. So tonight it's a Domino's night. Yes. <laughs> it is pizza. It is wings. It is a 20 ounce Coke. So yeah, we are not at all thinking about tomorrow. So yeah, that's where we're at over here. You know, like I got to tell you, B-movie and Domino's pizza is like the best combination. Like you really cannot go wrong there. It was pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. Because I did watch this movie like right before. So like I had to like pause it only to go get my delivery and then come back in and then resume. So like, yeah, it's been a pretty sweet night so far. Heck yeah. I love it. So uh, once again, guys, today we are talking about the uh, film Hansel and Gretel, the 2013 version. Uh, But uh, let's see here. Before we start, you may notice that we have a fundraiser going on. All donations will be going to the LGBT Community Network. The mission of the LGBT Community Network is to enhance the well-being of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender communities by preventing activities, programs, and services that create and support community, empower community members, provide essential resources, and embrace, promote, and support our culture diversity. Um, so along with this here, with that awesome mention of the fundraiser here, I want to make sure what we're outlining. Sorry, lost point. Anyway, so I am getting sidetracked here with my own self-confusion. So we're going to go ahead and touch base on the popcorn bucket ratings. Uh, Derek, what did you rate uh, this popcorn bucket rating for you? Fun? Yeah, so I <laughs> said this off air, but I'll say it now. Uh, inside of me, there are two wolves. Uh, and one of them uh, is a film critic that can recognize that this film is objectively bad. Like this is a this is an objectively bad film. Uh, the other one is the straight up audience moviegoer in me that's like, I don't care about any of that. There's a lot of fun to be had. So I couldn't quite figure out which one. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't quite figure out which wolf was going to win. Uh, so I landed somewhere in the middle uh, and I went with a three out of five. Right on, right on. Uh, Tony, how about your rating, background? Uh, yeah, so um, similar situation. This movie is hot garbage, complete and total, unmitigated <laughs> hot garbage. But it is such fun garbage. It is delightful garbage. I, it, It's just, it, it scratches that itch that I didn't realize I was feeling. And immediately after I was done rewatching this movie, I went and started looking up clips of Ernest Scared Stupid. Yes. That was last time that I, yes. that I had that particular itch scratch where I'm just like, this is just fun. This yeah. is not going to win any awards. It's not going to stand up to any kind of real postmodern analysis at all. But I mean, it's just fun and silly and schlocky. And that's okay. That's fine. Not everything has to be high art. There's something quite liberating about the fact that, you know what, you can just have fun with a movie. And that's yeah. okay. And that can be the extent of it. And sometimes you just want to throw hot people into leather and buckles and give them things to shoot at. And that's okay too. So yeah, uh, firm three out of five. 
I'm three oh five. Okay. Okay. That's, oh. I, I like that's a solid analysis of hot people <laughs> in leather buckles. I'm in. Let's go. Give me my dominoes. Let's make this happen. <laughs> so here's the deal. I'm gonna be like the sucker of the audience here. Um, I actually gave it a four out of five. Now, here's the deal. I actually did a little higher. Now, my perspective is I was also a enjoyer of uh, Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio back in the day. So mm-hmm. I really just have that rendition of that film with here. I compare it to some extent, but we'll go there a little later. Um, we touch base there. But I want to actually start off with you, Tony, again. Uh, how are you first introduced to this film? What was, uh, you know, was it in theaters? Do you remember? And if not, no biggie. But what is your memory of your first introduction of this film and your initial vibes? 2013 that means that I definitely would not have seen this in theaters and that I would have in some way or form I'm trying to think where where, was movie gallery still a thing I know that was that was firmly the end of like Netflix you know like basically just you know drop kicking blockbuster and so movie rental places were few and far between I feel like this was a movie rental for me or maybe this was or you know what it might have been um 2013 I would have already been out of college, but uh, while I was in college, um, my student union had a thing called Market Wednesdays, and there was a guy who would always show up with like literally a van full of uh, new and used DVDs. So then I got into the habit of once a week kind of adding to my uh, movie arsenal. In fact, now that I realize like 2013, yeah, this is exactly what I would have been doing. Um, I wouldn't have seen this in theaters. I would have waited for it to come out on DVD and I firmly would have added this like every Wednesday, even though I had already, I just already been in a habit of like every Wednesday, I'm going to buy a movie and it's going to be a new movie that I haven't seen quite yet. And maybe (laughs) the following Wednesday, I go back and resell that same DVD to that guy with the van. I'm not sure. Um, But yeah, I, I, yeah. So that feels right to me that it would have been something that I would have waited to see on DVD. Um, I also was at that point, huge fan of Jeremy Renner. Um, Avengers would have come out in 2012. So finally, like Jeremy Renner was like, all right, first off Avengers 2012, that was like the first like big one. It did well and did incredibly well. So it's not like any of these actors would have been, Jeremy Renner was not like an unknown quantity at that, at that time. He was also, you know, uh, Hurt Locker would have also been released by that point. So, I mean, like he was a name, but he certainly wasn't the name that any of the others would have been because there was no Hawkeye movie. But I was like paying attention to Jeremy Renner because of all of his other little small roles up to that point. And so when I saw like, oh, it's a movie with the hot guy from the Avengers, (laughs) starring him and also the hot girl from that James Bond movie. Hell yeah, I'm there. So this was 100% a superficial. Those people are hot and it's about witches and i'm also getting a little bit into steampunk at that point and it's a very steampunky vibe so yeah this would have just been a nice little confluence of like all my little interests at that point so yeah that's how i remember uh first uh seeing this movie heck yeah right on heck yeah uh derek how about you my friend uh did you see this this at home yeah um (laughs) it's so funny that that tony keeps bringing up hot people because even the witch is hot because it's Femke <laughs> Jensen, like, like, like even even the witch that's, that's, supposed, that's supposed to be rotting, like from within, is like another Bond girl. Is yeah. like stupid hot, yeah, and another Bond girl, yeah. uh, probably one of my favorite femme fatales uh, of all time. Like she is just the fact that she actually broke Pierce Brosnan's ribs is just amazing. I love it so much. Um, yeah, it's so good. I love it. Uh, anyways, that's totally beside the point. Sorry. Uh, I go down rabbit holes when it comes to actors when you mention stuff like that. So um, yeah, I I actually think I saw this movie in theaters. Um, I, I was a pretty big theater goer. Um, I, I mean, obviously I still am, but um, I for most of my life, I've been a pretty big theater goer. So if you, if you sell me something like this, that's kind of this high concept, you know, has a good trailer, um, you know, has hot people in leather. Like, <laughs> like, I, wh- why would I say no to this? Like, uh, yes, I'm in 100%. So I, I do remember seeing it in theaters. I do remember really enjoying it. Um, I wasn't as much into film criticism or film analysis or film study uh, as much as I am now. So I was really just I was the target audience for this movie when it came out 100%. Um, and I, I remembered I really enjoyed it and probably so much because I actually used to do a very similar thing, Tony, not from a guy in a van down by the river. Um, but uh, I did I did used to go to like Target or Walmart 
um, at least once a week and just wh whatever was that, it didn't matter whether I'd heard of it or not. Like I would just look at it. Do what? Tuesday. Yep. New releases for it was Tuesday. Yep. Tuesday new releases. And it just didn't matter if I'd heard anything about it. If I, it was a new movie, I just, I just swoop it up on DVD. Um, and so I own this one. I actually physically own this movie uh, on, on DVD. <laughs> so um, digital Blu-ray connection or not digital, yeah. whatever. whatever. Yeah. So um, yeah, this is, I mean, this is a movie that I, I didn't, I don't revisit often and I haven't revisited in a very long time. So watching it now was kind of the first time I'd seen it in a while all the way through. Um, and, but yeah, I, I definitely saw it in theaters. I owned it. Definitely probably bought it at Target on a Tuesday um, in, in like 2014. So yeah. Heck yeah. Right on. Well, one thing here before I go into uh, uh, my little introduction real quick here, I want to go ahead and read the comments here. Uh, hey Q, didn't mean to forget you, my friend here. We definitely touch base with you. Thank you for always joining us. So Q says, hey, Tony, little wave and hearts there. With When I saw this, I loved the dark feel of it. And I loved the action, the acting and direction. The special effects were great. Excellent point, Q's, which we'll touch base on those uh, for sure um, in a bit. Um, but the uh, I love this little common connection we're about to all three have right now. So I used to work for Ruby Tuesdays back in the day, and I used to do these just long, long, long freaking eight to 15 hour shifts. And sometimes you just got stuck between kitchen, guest, kitchen and guest. It's become it just monotonous going in circles and circles. So after you're done, everything was closed. The only thing open was Walmart. You go to Walmart and their DVD section had the new DVDs every day at 12 a.m. coming out. And that's what I did. And this was the first one that popped up. I was like, what? Who is this? I said, is that like a shotgun that was like handmade? What is that? I was just like just tripping <laughs> out. It was looking great. So picked it up. I'm going to be really honest with you. Watched it, fell asleep and put it back in my collection. I probably watched it twice, you know, within the next month. I thought it was great, but I went back to sleep just to really think about it. Um, I don't know. It was weird. Like it was good enough to get me out of my little monotonous thing real quick and get me back to like stuck in the fantasy, which I enjoyed a lot, uh, which actually had the, you know, twisted the uh, going into the concept of the Brothers Grimm concept of it. And just, you know, just the approach with uh, like, like Q said, the style, the special effects. And honestly, I didn't expect to uh, be impressed with that much blood and gore, which initially, I guess um, in the first, um, take of this or the promotion to Paramount, it had like 60% as much blood and gore. And they were like, nah, you can't do this. You know, just take this down just a notch a little bit. So all right, cool, whatever. So initially I was actually really liking it. Um, I will say, I feel like this film was a little ahead of its time in a sense, uh, because I say this, I think the film would do better now, if that makes sense uh, in, in regards to more people seeing it. Now, the reason why I say this, because initially it was a 50 million dollar film budget it made 55 million dollars in the united states 19 million in the first weekend however worldwide it made 229 million dollars it smacked the box office and it made it like hey guess what we did this and i honestly think it was more along the lines because it was a story that a lot of people worldly could relate to a little bit and it was definitely altered and new in a sense do not get me wrong the reason why I had to put it down to four out of five in my initial 4.5 is because there's some disagreements I had with it, but we'll go there. So initially in the introduction film, I guess, start. So we go ahead and get into here, uh, get started with this here. We had the classic take of Hansel and Gretel um, coming into, well, actually, it's not really a classic take. Initially, you just actually have this father figure uh, that has a weapon with him, takes, you know, characters Hansel and Gretel with their voiceover speaking and takes them out in the woods. It was like, you stay here dips and my thing was i wasn't very sure how i took that at first because you know you just look at this like all right cool what's going on so you had the whole what if section and of course they stay there traditionally as long as and they walk into the classic gingerbread house with candy and decorative you know looks delicious and lo and behold kids you know they're stuck out in the woods by themselves so what do they do go towards the woods itself and lo and behold it is a cannibalistic witch that gets them inside and pretty much force feeds them in, you know, into diabetic comas almost to some extent, fatten him up before she puts in the stove. Um, now we kind of know what happens as a result, a little fighting action and the classic take of her being shoved in there. Now I have to ask, I'm going to start with you, Derek, on this. Uh, <clears throat> with you being, I mean, I, I, I know, I, I don't want to speak for you, Tony, on this one either. I'm very familiar with the Hansel and Gretel child's, you know, story. I've heard that so many dang times. Uh, 
what was your first take on the first 20 minutes of the film? Uh, introduction to it, uh, how it goes in. Uh, what did you think of it? Was it too fast, too slow? Uh, what is your honest opinion of it? Yeah, I think I think it's a little, as with a lot of things in this movie, um, just particularly when you're talking about narrative speaking and just pacing and, and even some of its editing issues. Um, I, I do think that everything happens a little too quickly, um, where this one is just trying to desperately establish the story that we already know but then just sprinkle in their own little retellings and there's not enough to really like grasp where we go right like i it almost feels unnecessary because just from the title alone we already we already know this we we already know why like you don't need to re-explain it to me and if you're gonna re-explain it to me um i feel like there needs to be a little bit more to it um and i think it it could be uh, this movie doesn't need any more runtime, but uh, I, I definitely think that uh, uh, I, I think there's so much of what happens after the film or not after the film. So much that happens after this 20 minute cold open or whatever relates back to this. So everything after that is all from what happens here, from them finding the candy house, from them being told to go hide in the woods to their mother, to the witch they encounter, um, to you know, spoiler alert, uh, Gretel finding out she's a witch, like all, all of those things are already established within the first 20 minutes. So as everything unfolds, there's literally no surprises whatsoever. Um, and, and they do it all in just this really rushed hype. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I think, and, and it, none of it really makes sense. Like it just kind of, it just <laughs> kind of happened. Like they just, they just squeeze this fairy tale Damn, in, into this movie <laughs> And, and I, I don't even know if it needs to function that way. I, I don't know. It, it's it's a very jarring top 20 minutes, I feel so like. So are you saying this is technically like a fantasy condensed sausage that was quickly condensed? And yes. Got <laughs> yes. Got yeah. with, with all the same little bits apart, like you, nobody can identify what is actually in the sausage, right? It's, <laughs> it's all the different parts of the pig. It's like a hot dog. No one knows. No one knows. They just... It's just got a shape, and then, yeah, you got to guess, but, yeah. Okay, okay. So, Hanzo and Gretel, Mystery Sausage, take a little bit. I got you. I got you. All right, Tony, I'm going to uh, um, hand the hypothetical sausage to you and see your take on the first uh, 20 minutes of film. Uh, take lore on it, concept, design, um, uh, you name it. Go right ahead for it. Yeah, I wanted to really respond to something you said when you were like, I feel like it's ahead of its time or that, you know, it would do better, you know, now than it did, you know, back then. Mm -hmm. I feel the exact opposite. If this okay. were set, like even just like 10 to 15 years earlier, like it would have killed. Um, and if it was set even 20 to 30 years earlier than 2013, I think it would have done incredibly well just because the vibe of it just completely fits in with that. It, it you know we all remember again i like i i refer back to like earnest scared stupid but i'm also thinking back to like you know the sam raimi you know films mm -hmm. definitely army of yeah. darkness uh, uh yeah first 20 yeah. minutes whole like i'm hansel this is my sister gretel like and we're witch hunters i'm just like that's just th this is my boomstick that's just <laughs> that's just this this movie's version of that um yeah it, it just definitely felt like this is definitely a movie made by a bunch of film bros who love a bunch of different movies that like definitely in their mind all come together and fit within this, you know, neat little subgenre. Um, and I guarantee they probably also really dug uh, that Sleepy Hollow movie that came out in uh, the Tim Burton one with uh, Johnny Depp and Christina Ritchie. Yep. yep. Um, yep. It's got I, a I, Tim Burton light feel to it. Right. But, yeah. yeah. They definitely, you know, like the blood is like bright, you know, red and it's like cartoonish and it's mm -hmm. gory. And then even the parts that are like semi-realistic. I mean, it's at a certain point you have to decide like is this a cartoon or is it gory i'm not really sure is it both possibly who knows but it it does feel like the movie that the film bros in the back of your class that are like are they stoned probably there's a good chance that they are stoned like this is the movie that they would have made like yeah. wouldn't it be awesome if we could see like what hansel and greta were doing like when they were all grown up like yeah, that sounds like a pitch, but we're all just like, you know what? He's got a point. That 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 stoner has a very good point. I would <laughs> And so the first 20 minutes, I think, kind of cements that vibe, you know, where, yeah, it's a really, you know, 
quick, you know, you know, summary of that, that fairy tale. And I even had to go back and like, I actually, <laughs> I Googled the Hansel and Gretel story. Cause I was like, I feel like I'm missing some context from this fairy <laughs> child's fairy tale. And sure enough, I completely forgot that the reason that they're even leaving these kids in the forest in the original fairy tale is because they don't have enough food. No, they don't have enough food. So then the stepmother, it's a stepmother. It's not a mother. And this is why we all mm -hmm. have that distrust of stepmoms because all the villains in the stories we were told when we were little were all stepmoms. She tells the dad, like, well, go leave them in the forest and maybe somebody else would take pity on them and like take them in because we don't have enough food for all of us. Um, and then uh, Hansel being the uh, smart kid that he is, is like, I'm going to take these little white pebbles from our garden and I'm going to leave uh, just a little trail for us to go back home. And that's what they do for a couple of nights until finally they lock the door. He can't get the pebbles and then he has to take the bread. And that's where we get like the trail of breadcrumbs from. And I completely forgot about all that. And it's clearly not something that's at all addressed in this movie because really they're just really focused in on like two kids, brother and sister. There's some witchiness going on. The witch tries to kill them. There's some candy, which apparently leads to diabetes, which is a complete myth, but okay. Um, <laughs> and then the gruesome death for the witch. And like, it's very broad strokes. They really are just trying to get to, uh, which is, you know, this is my boomstick. They're really just trying to yeah. like you know, get to that as quickly as possible, which... I don't know if that's a wrong instinct to have because yeah, you signed up for hot people in leather shooting steampunk weapons at witches. So yeah. do I really need, you know, an extra two minutes on, you know, the fairy tale and the cannibal witch? I'm not sure that I do, but I do agree. It is very quick. It is very fast. And I completely also forgot about these, um, the, uh, the intro titles where it's like depicting in these like storybook like ways mm -hmm. of like you know these different like murders and 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 you know uh you know these deaths of the witches and so that way we're supposed to follow it along it's like oh of course they become witch hunters and this is how they do it and like it's really gruesome it's really ridiculous and over the top but i think it does go a long way in sort of like saying like this is what this movie is and if you're not into it now might be the time for you to yeah. just go ahead and like exit the theater, go find something else. Yeah, part, part of me, part of me almost wishes that we just skipped the Hansel and Gretel fairy tale recap um, and, and almost just do like a title card of like Hansel and Gretel survived their witch by pushing her and then they became witch hunters. And then you do a cold open of them just on a witch hunt. Like a witch kidnaps a bunch of kids. She's gonna put them in an oven just like them. And then they burst in, you get to, you get their boomstick. Like you, it just, to me, it feels like it's, uh, especially if you're going for that. It, Cause I agree with you. I actually, I, I agree with you, Tony. I actually think it works better in, in backwards, like not forwards. I, I think this would play significantly better if this was like 1993 uh, than 2023. Like, I feel like it just, we just did uh, Leprechaun. Wait, I, like, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta step in there. Hold on. When I say, when I said the statement of doing better ahead of time, I stay by that statement. You said Army of Darkness. We talked about these other films. They were cult classics. They were never successful in the box office. So what I mean by this in particular, like I'm going to go into things. We're like mentioning films like the Boondocks. Well, like, let me, oh, let's, let's, let's get on like category wise. So you got Army of Darkness. You technically got things uh, going into things like Big Trouble, Little China-esque oh, yeah. movies that are still trying to bring out, bring back in. Uh, you got a lot of old school things, kind of like, uh, what's what's I'm trying to think of here, Underworld, uh, that has already been in a couple years previously. It went into a streak and then it like got in its third one in 2010, 2012, kind of went down the hill too as well. So in regards to like presentation, it didn't do so well in the box office. It made exactly like what it needed to make um, in sure. the States. But globally, it killed it. So what I mean by that is also technically speaking, 2023, if it was introduced now, honestly, I'm talking about like The Walking Dead was successful the length of time it is. It will have a following. It would have people you know, doing it. I'm thinking more like a Twilight-esque following in general. <clears throat> Not more of a Avatar box office hit kind of concept. Yeah. But more along the lines of like being profitable. About just the feeling of like, this doesn't feel like it's made in 2013. It's yeah, just yeah. like a yeah. turn of the millennium at best. Yeah, I would agree. It feels, I would like, agree. Yeah. It feels like the CGI should be shittier. And it should be that weird blade, blood, like demon mm -hmm. CGI yep. level of like badness. 
but yep. because it's 2013 the cgi is a little bit better than it should be yeah and i yeah. think like in terms of like its success like yeah absolutely it yeah. Picked, i think any number of like perfect times where it would have done just a little bit better especially here but when you mentioned the fact that it does really well in the international market that's what that intro that you know fairy tale you know the summary that's what it feels like it feels like hey do the folks in china know the hansel and gretel yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> we need to go ahead and like yeah yeah our own I mean, version for it for the first yeah. five minutes and then we're off to the races yeah um, and i i think i think too like i i think it you know because i think some people have gone back and done a little bit of revisionist history and they changed some of their harsh words like um you know just it it has from 2013 to now in the, in that decade I, I do think people have kind of looked back a little more fondly on it and recognized the stick. And um, but I, I think to both of your points, I do think that were this 2003 or 93 or 95 or 96 or something in that that era where it kind of feels like that. Right. It's got it's got 2013 effects, but everything else is all baked into this 90s, early 2000s, turn of the millennium century. So I think you would have a stronger showing now as a cult classic, the way that you look back fondly on things like Army of Darkness and the Boomstick, like it would play so much better today because it was released in the right time of when it should have existed. Um, yeah, that that's that's where I think it falls. And especially, I'm telling you, man, coming off the heels of watching Leprechaun, this is by far better, by the way. Uh, my, my... Hey, that is Jennifer Aniston's best role portrayal of any the thing to tell oh, lady don't oh, no, I'm kidding. come on no, please I'm please please don't make me relive <laughs> this I, 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 for the record i'll watch leprechaun with my whataburger on the side and making sure i'm nice <laughs> and relaxed and it's it's horrible i know it's a horrible it's good so pleasure. bad it's bad. so bad no, but it no does it, it really watching that and then watching this kind of almost back to back um they 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 strangely share a lot of similarities, um, and not all of them are Definitely. good. Definitely. Uh, I know, you say, I know, I know. But they commit the same mistakes, like <laughs> narratively and pacing wise and editing. Like they commit the exact same mistakes, and and I guess going all the way back to that point, you are committing mistakes that people make in the early '90s. Like, and and it's not. I, I said this on on the show, but it's not just Leprechaun. Like the way they made films between like 90, not, 90 and 96 is like, there's a definitive way that they frame their films, how they build their narratives um, and, and how they edit and how they pace their movies. Some do it infinitely better than others. Like obviously Leprechaun's on the lower end of the spectrum, but Hansel and Gretel commits a lot. <laughs> it commits a lot of those same mistakes that would have worked tremendously if this got released in 95. Like, People would have ate this shit up in 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 America for sure. People would have ate it up if it was released in '95, and then we would be talking about it now with much more fond eyes. We would excuse <laughs> all of those things and just be like, "Yeah, no, but it's Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. There's nothing else we need to talk about." <laughs> okay, okay, well, I, okay. That, that's a very valid point for both your perspectives for 2013 on that kind being. You're, you're right. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Um, before I digress, or before we digress too much into uh, to this portion here, real quick. Let's fast forward. We understand that, you know, at this point, uh, this lore of Hansel and Gretel is obviously not traditional lore, right? We're in an area that is already modernized some couple things. Um, I will say it was eye candy in regards to leather and weaponry. You're totally a thousand percent correct. Uh, in regards to costume, makeup, it was fantastic. Uh, well, I, I thought it was about fantastic about 60, well, it's about 75% of the time. Um, the reason why I said a little hesitant because there was some CGI things that surprised me more than usual. Uh, but with that, uh, <laughs> with that, give me some stuff. With that, um, it, you know, it, it was beneficial with majority of the costume and design. Uh, the storyline was sped up um, initially to a pace that you had to figure out initially, like, all right, is this a magical uh, diabetic thing that he has to stab in his leg now? Because uh, hypothetically speaking, it was like magical gingerbread. So hypothetically, it was a magical disease, which it was technically not diabetes, but was. So um, we'll just we'll just we'll just go from there. That only affected him one time. Um, which we'll mention later. I don't know. Like it only affected him really bad in the in the ultimate fight. Like for the rest of the time, he was like running 
30 miles per hour shooting a shotgun like it was nothing uh so um, running flying brooms it's awesome (laughs) see that was badass like i wish i saw him fight people in like hogwarts at the wizarding world like that would be badass like uh, having him on a quidditch team and then yeah that's no we won't let's not mention that movie right now but anyway the point is uh initial the fighting scenes we sped up we understand that they are actual badass witches not to forget uh not to forget to mention that they saved a woman in the very beginning because she was about to be slaughtered um so uh also oh wait a minute cue ball redeemed a point to hydrate so if you gotta drink my friends drink and hydrate thank you cue my friend Uh, well you know what hold on i'm drinking a sun kiss here and so that'd be kind of ironic so i'm gonna actually have some water here because I like to drink sodas. <laughs> and uh, producer Steph over there is like, I'm going to kill you if you don't drink water because it'll kill you. <laughs> Thank you, Q. We appreciate you, my friend. So fast forward a little bit. We understand now that they're witch hunters. They've saved lives. They really know their thing. The town has hired them because we understand that the sheriff and the local uh, deputies, <clears throat> ironic, which happened to be the sheriff of the Brothers Grimm, with a uh, another film kind of in the early 2000s, which is ironic. But anyway, the point is, um, this town now is using their knowledge and their defenses to protect uh, the fact or find, investigate why all these children are come up missing. Uh, we understand the fact that there's all these crazy witches that don't like to be burned at the stake anymore. So therefore, they're looking for the, what sounds like blood or heart at the time being, of a <clears throat> white witch, which seems to go ahead and prevent them from burning on a blood moon for a certain amount of time. But Ultimately, they want to live forever. So at this point, they're kidnapping children left and right. We're introduced to a possible, what was it? A Is it an org or a golem or what? What is that creature? Uh, Edward, right? Troll. Edward. He's a troll. Troll. Thank you. Yeah, totally wrong on both. The troll. So in his eyes, we're into this troll here, which is massively huge. Um, so we know all this point now. This is probably about 40 minutes of the film. We're only an hour now. We understand that they're trying to investigate where these children are. So Derek, I'm going to switch to you, my friend, on this. So now we understand that this introduction of Hansel and Gretel's updated, modernized, steampunk-ish, they have shotguns, they have powers, they're anti-witches, they understand that they're dealing with children kidnappers, but they understand a little bit or majority of the weaknesses of witches they're hunting. <sighs> where are we at do right they, now, my friend? Do they, though? Do, we, do yeah, they, though? What asking is, what are we feeling here, my friend? Where are we at? Do, do they? Um, <laughs> yeah, there's... there's um, God, there's a lot that uh-huh. happens Weird. here. Uh, <laughs> this, 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 uh, the, the, this movie, just as a whole, and especially when you talk about the first 45 minutes and they do all their interests and stuff, uh, I, I do, I really like Tony's, you know, this is just film bros trying to revive, like, oh, <laughs> wouldn't it be fucking cool if they were like witch hunters? Um, and then that was the pitch. And then somebody gave them a ton of money to do it and they were like oh shit yeah we gotta oh we have we have to do this like we actually have to make a movie out of this um and that's what this feels like especially when because like there are so many things that happen in this very short period of time like uh, all the things that you just listed uh should not happen in a 45 minute span like that is just way too much story and not all of it connects it, it it's so disjointed and the other thing that really sticks out to me about that especially on a rewatch it's just how disjointed it is tonally because it never fully embraces one or the other right like it it wants to be full-on schlock it wants to be campy it wants to be cheesy it wants to be over the top but then it also wants to have this added layer of like oh no we're making a serious revision type of thing and there's there's real stakes and and you know so you can feel them constantly pushing and pulling right they're always pulling back right when right when they're about to lean into it right like you you meet Gretel and her like very first line is like it's something along the lines of do anything it'll blow your fucking head off like that's an intro like sign me up you're hot you curse and you got a badass gun I'm ready I'm totally on board and then they just don't revisit that comp. Like they don't let either one of them really let loose. And I, I think Jeremy Renner, however you feel about him as an actor, um, I think when Jeremy Renner is allowed to kind of do things that he wants to, um, and he's allowed to kind of shine, he's got great comedic timing. He's got re- he's got a strong charisma when he's allowed to kind of shine in these things. And 
as much as Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter should be a vehicle for him to do that, they're constantly pulling back. He he should be he should be in, in these 45 minutes, he should be a quick machine. Like you should feel like Joss Whedon wrote his dialogue is how many quips that guy should be busting out during the during everything. Like constantly. Like he he should be thrown through the woods on a broom and get up and be like, I'm too old for this shit. Whatever. Like it should just be quip after quip after quip. And they don't do that. And so it's it's hard to really get a grasp on the story because everything feels so forced. My God, I don't even remember what her name is, but the white witch that he that he meets and yeah. she's just like she's just like yeah. porno in love with him. Like, we got it, like, <laughs> like the way their story unfolds in that first 45 minutes, I was just like, am I watching Hansel and Gretel or am I watching the Axel Braun parody? Like the triple X parody? Like, what is oh, happening? Thank you like, for dating me, sir. <laughs> Her name was Mina. <laughs> Come Mina. sleep with me in this healing pool. Like, you hey, don't know hey, this. Hey, what is pause, happening? Pause, pause. Wait a minute, hold on. I, I agree with that, but at the same time, I will say hypothetically, she like okay, all right. This is for this is for um hypothetical state. This is not really, I'm not this is not a hill I'm gonna die on. So please don't try to stab at me some stuff on there. All right. She was on a stake, she was drowned, and she's about to be killed. So I, I don't know if it's like borderline Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> because I mean at that situational thing, because technically speaking, hypothetically, she's the only he's the only person in that town other than the mayor that says is not gonna kill her. That that's my only. Only, there, I, but, I get, I get but, it. But she, but she's very. But uh, to your point, she's very. After that, she's like, "Take me." So that's yeah. that's that's, 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 yeah. that's and, right. So that's weird. It's such <laughs> a it's such a strange thing too because Jeremy Renner is so charismatic and yet he's got zero chemistry with this woman. And then like when they're supposed to have their love thing or whatever, like it it doesn't make any sense. Like that oh, even the even pool, right the heat. I was just like. You talk too much. Like you've had one fucking conversation. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I don't know. It, it so and then even even like the introduction of Edward, Tony, who, who I love. Like, <laughs> I know, just I, I know. Everything. I just I, I love I love Edward. I, I think it's an adorable character. Um, but it's also just like out of nowhere, and it also gives out like whatever kind of surprise you're trying to hold back like he just outright tells her like yeah you're a witch harry like what <laughs> you're not even gonna pretend that that's gonna come back on the back end like okay fine zero payoff no worries so i don't know man it, there's there's just way too much going on in this first 45 minutes for for anything to make sense whatsoever right. and honestly truthfully and this is the last thing i'll say and then i'll stop but okay. all of that would be fine all of that would be fine. I can live with a very, very messy, disjointed narrative if you just lean into one or the other. I don't care which one it is. It's either super camp and cheesy or you just lean into your seriousness of it all and try to make it a, you know as close to a true story or whatever as you want. Like Lean into one or the other, but don't try to do both equally because one they're both going to fail. And then it just becomes this convoluted mess of things where you're never quite sure which movie you're supposed to be enjoying at the time, no matter what the story's doing. So I got you. I got you. Tony, <clears throat> so with you, my friend, after that well-described <laughs> 45 minutes of a uh, cluster, um, what would your opinion be on the additional follow-up on this epically long tale that reveals, you know, the rest of the brother and sister witch hunter combination and considering the amount of witches they've been hunting and what's going on how would you feel about this continuing i would say 30 minutes of the film <sighs> so up until what the second oh, half? Up, up until the uh we discovered we're gonna go uh, he mentioned the troll edward so let's go ahead and fast forward a little bit to the point where and this is a lot there's a lot to take in here so please feel free to you know insert if you have to go back and forth a little bit it's totally okay but now we had the whole epic lore being told. And then after that, we're now understanding the town is in peril. He saves, uh, I believe it's Amina, the White Witcher at this point. Yeah. And now we're kind of introduced slowly but surely to Edward the Troll as well. First off, love Edward. Um, I'm a sucker for a gentle giant character. Uh, and the fact that he is a literal giant and he's super gentle and sweet and he has the most adorable puppy eyes. I love Edward. I would die for Edward. Um, so I, I completely all those things up. The thing that I think that uh, that we keep kind of like referring back to is like, yeah, what is this movie? Um, and I think what ends up happening is that 
they pitched this movie and then they told basically everybody on the technical side, wardrobe, production, CG, you know, all your VFX folks, like this is exactly what it's going to be. They threw out a lot of the same references, like, you know, it's Sam Raimi, it's over the top, it's campy, it's gory. And then you casted Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner is a very hot man, but he's also a very talented and serious dramatic actor. And then you also casted Gemma Arden. Again, fucking like smoke show, right? She's a very good actress. So I feel like you completely forgot the fact that you told everybody else that you're making a very silly, very campy, over-the-top movie. And then you forgot that your two main actors that you told them like, okay, so I want you guys to play this straight and very, very serious. <laughs> and I think it's something to be said about like one sci-fi and fantasy. Yes, you have to take it seriously enough for people to buy into it, 100%. But then when you're not adding in anything into the script itself, which I feel like is a criticism that we can launch at a lot of scripts that have been written in the last 15-ish years where you're writing setups and scenes with the expectation of like the funny stuff will find its way in there somehow improv or like, you know, I, yeah. I, it's the SNL of it all. Right. You know, somehow, some way those things will just manifest themselves. So these quips that should be written into the script, I have a feeling that if we got a hand on it, like there would be very, very little in the way of humor and quips and like, just like those extra little bit of like personality quirks outside of diabetes um, that, <laughs> that usually would accompany, you know, something like this. I mean, and usually even if your main characters are the straight man, then you have like this nice little supporting cast of like, you know, these characters that kind of pick up the slack, you know, they're the comic relief. They're the ones that are going ahead and like, you know, saying the, you know, the, the, you know, the smart ass remarks. Who is this kid? Who the hell is Ben? Why do I care oh, about him? The <laughs> fucking exposition dump out of that mouth, man. God. Oh, God. What? <laughs> like, who is this kid? Somebody come get your child. How many clippings do you have? <laughs> so, I, I just he's a fan. Like, yeah, he's mm -hmm. a very huge fan. And then they just <sighs> like, well, that's going to be funny, right? Because fans are funny, right? And it's like, no, nah, man, you still got to write dialogue. Don't you know? <laughs> 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 but anyway, so I, I think where um, there's definitely parts of it that are more successful. And unfortunately, the parts that are very successful is the stuff that the filmmakers, I feel, were very clear on, which is like the overtop, you know, quality of it all. The fact that it is going to just be like, we're going to ignore all the rules of physics and science and all in history. Like, and we're just going to go ahead and just make stuff that looks cool but in a very ridiculous sort of way. And you didn't actually tell your actors that you committed to that and that yeah. you are actually making a certain kind of movie. Um, and But at the same time, it's like Jeremy Renner does what he can because he's Jeremy Renner. But mm -hmm. I think I was listening to that, uh, the beginning and the end, it's, you know, those bookends where he's just narrating, you know, some like badass monologue. And I'm just like, he's so done. He's <laughs> He has seen a cut of this movie and he does not like it. And he's like, fuck it. I've got an hour of ADR. All right, let's do it. Yep. And yep. he's not given anything within any of those voiceovers, which mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? Doesn't need much. You've got the voice. It'll carry it over. We're fine. Yeah. But it just, yeah, it just really feels like at a certain point that maybe they had a completely, maybe they were sold on a completely different movie. And then it comes out to be this and that happens sometimes, or maybe something just kind of shifts and changes, you know, once you put all the ingredients together, not really sure. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I, there's more of it that's successful than not. And the reason why it's not successful is because you're just putting a lot of disparate elements together. Not that they're not good. It's just yeah. that they're just, they make no fucking sense together. Once you put them all, they have no yeah. relation to one another. Um, so when it comes to like, you know, yeah, so they're attacked by these witches. All right, mm -hmm. cool. And then at a certain point, Hansel, you know, and Gretel are separated because Hansel goes on a broom ride, but then we never, with the next, it's a cut scene to him just like chilling in the tree, asleep, unconscious. Like, all right, no explanation there, but do we care? Uh, all right. Well, he's yeah. going to have sex with Mina, so that, that's why he's exactly. in the tree. That's like, the whole that's point. Not, we got a sex scene to get to. <laughs> Who gives a shit about him being in the tree? <laughs> 
he's hurt okay like Gretel is separated and it's like well she's got a scene where she's gonna get the shit kicked out of her so that way hunter in distress guys all right hunter in distress and that's not (laughs) because she gets to we get to throw blood on her and dirt on her which you know like you know we can sort of have a feminist take on it later but it just yeah it just kind of felt like excuses to get to other things and Mm -hmm. it's a shame because it's like i looked up the running time is only like 90 minutes and i'm like you know if they had spent another 10 15 minutes on just sort of fleshing these things out adding a few quips actually carry like there's a whole scene where gretel and ben have a whole scene together couldn't care less they had a considerable five minute scene where they're talking about this, that, and the other. And he's just like, yeah, I aspire too to become a witch hunter. And it's like, no one cares, man. Nobody yeah. gives a shit. We got other things to do. We got a sex scene and then we got a troll to get to. Like nobody is caring. Move it along, kid. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's insane because it's like, there's so much in here that I like. I just wish the connective tissue was mm-hmm. there to speak of. And there really isn't. So yeah. I don't know who's to blame for that. I'm going to blame the director. I blame the script too. I, I blame them both. Because you're right. It is it is intermittently entertaining. Like there, there are there are punctuated moments where you're like, just make the whole movie this. Like just whatever's going on here, just make the whole movie this. And that's uh, the thing, so yeah. though, like about that whole concept of this film, the two points that you guys bring up that ironically the most is the fact that when this film was originally brought up, it was actually brought up between two individuals on set in the back discussing just a, an idea and once he actually <laughs> offered one of the guys mentioning Hansel and Gretel with his twist the guy says nah dude don't say anything else his exact words go wait to talk to my friend from Paramount so they did the initial twist and only did a four or five script introduction and said here you go they agreed to it but they agreed to it in 2009 mm. so it was a 2009 concept that right and you had to think about it. at that time 2009 what was coming out at the time being like I said it was not the greatest but still Anything that had anything remotely close to anything werewolf witches or anything was pretty dominant. It was post so, Van Helsing, post Brothers Grimm. Yes, yes. Again, this movie so, is like five years too late. Yep. Is that and see yep. my initial comment? My initial comment because I'm hearing what you guys are saying now. My initial comment coming into the saying that the fact that it was ahead of its time. Let's back back to back tail. So when the with with when it's release, like the initial concept of it, I think it was too delayed in in coming out. Now it was more along the lines of. Uh, it should have been at least in 2010. I mean, I know mm-hmm. when it comes to the production value, getting back finance and so forth, that's the crazy thing as well. Um, 90 minute runtime was kind of ridiculous uh, in that re- in that regard to get crushed that much in there. I mean, you are talking about things that I think should have been at least uh, two hours, but if you're gonna do two hours, please do the introduction. Please actually have a character flesh out and so forth. Um, my issue, the reason why, and this is this is going to be the reason why I'm complaining about this is this whole initial middle middle of the film. That that's my big thing. I am a sucker for Edward the Troll as well. Uh, my big thing is is that he's the big burly guy coming into it. I don't like how he's introduced. Uh, Derek, you hit it on the head. It's more along the lines of like, oh, you're a wizard, Harry. Aha, you know, like literally the concept. <laughs> you're like, hey, you're a witch, bitch. I mean, come on, yeah. like <laughs> it is what it is. And you know, yes, there's the comforting factor. Yes, he is the golden light creature. Yes, he is the lovable thing that keeps things kind of balanced in that because hypothetically speaking you have that epic battle between somehow 18 witches of the pyre and this thing's discussed and they have a gatlin gun machine gun that was interfined with the holy white witch water and taking things out and i'm so pissed that none of those witches did more damage than they did they're all rocking out dude they look like badasses it kind of gave me the whole like dark crystal vibe and labyrinth vibe as she's walking through and they're like all the witches are like we're gonna eat ya and i mean all the gnarly things like it seemed like it was about to be an epic battle i was like this is gonna be badass and then it was just kind of like conveniently that the witches didn't know how to fight back and they were trying to bite and claw and not use actual <clears throat> magic. So I, I mean, honestly, that is once again, I'm a little, that, that's, this is honestly, this would be my biggest gripe of the film. This is the reason why it's four out of five. The reason why I didn't get five out of five, like I'm a sucker for the lights and sounds. And honestly, when it comes to film, I'm the dumbest person when I'm on the screen. I'll look at you and say, this is fantastic. And I'll watch it a thousand times. And probably four or five years from now, I'll be like, what the hell was wrong with me? So, <laughs> yes, as in for a lover of films, anything shiny, sexy, blood and gore, hypothetically speaking, lover of Army of Darkness, I love this film. However, a lot of mumbo and jumbo was going on here. Yeah. To the point where it felt as if they were trying to find the biggest important things of very important sci-fi or fantasy films in the past, find a big lovable character, find two hot people, 
give a mystic connection to the ultimate being at the end. They were never really orphaned. They were saved. It was a lot of classic things that were, you know, you know, portrayed into it that seemed to be kind of pushed in like a mudge podge of a uh, collective story tale. The well, only, it's, think... it's a check the box is, yeah. is how yeah. it feels where they yeah. and and yeah. uh and uh what what's that kid's ben is that i see i can't yeah. even remember his name yeah uh but, but ben gear techie mm. ben, ben is a check the box he's yeah. he's the guy in the chair he's the you know <laughs> you know like he's that that's what he is. he's a check yeah. the box mina is a check the box she's the the unlikely lover who is a witch that Hansel swore he'd never love a witch and now he does like mm-hmm. there's no purpose for them to be in the movie other than sci-fi fantasy dictates that you have one of these characters yeah. and, th- and they all feel like that and you, honestly you, this movie could be a solid 90 minutes you could cut both of those characters out and the movie would be virtually unchanged yeah. just it would it would function almost exactly the same kind of reminds me of a uh, mid-2000 dungeon dragon movie <laughs> anyway but <laughs> i'll go no, into that later <laughs> if you go ahead and remove the hansel and gretel title and you get rid of Mina, you get rid of Ben, and you get rid of the whole like fairy tale, you know that it that it's inspired from. And you make Jeremy Renner and Gemma Arterton uh, lovers. You go ahead and check off those boxes, and you don't yeah. have to go ahead and waste all this time with these other superfluous characters that really don't add much. In fact, we have to create a whole steampunk Gatling gun in order for Mina to have any kind of purpose whatsoever at the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, but if you go ahead and all of a sudden it's like Jeremy Renner and Gemma Archerton, they're, you know, uh, witch hunters and, you know, he, they hate witches. All of a sudden what happens when turns out that his lover is a witch? What is she going to do? What is he going to do? I don't know. Who knows? Like it would, it could literally be almost the same complete movie and we yeah. could go ahead and have almost every single, you know, ridiculous scene in it, including the sex scene, including the attraction, including some of these like, you know, um, moments where, and I do like their chemistry together. I see why they're paired up, but it just kind of feels like, okay, if you're going to make your, there's a reason why we always focus on romantic characters because yeah, like a romance subplot always like fills in the time. It We're supposed to feel something. It's supposed to give us additional stakes. Does it? Uh, I don't know like uh, who cares um I guess she's hot so I guess I care a little bit but you know whatevs um so I, yeah it just feels like you're if you're gonna go ahead and have a brother and sister as the leads like you have to either spend additional time which means you need additional money or you have to focus a little bit more on your script in order to make sure that you're still checking these boxes. So that way we, at the end, at least are like, you know what, that was more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. And you know what? It's a three and a half out of five. Good for yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And they, and I, I agree with you too. Cause even, even as, even as a brother and sister, I think Renner and artist, like they have enough charisma just baked into their talent to be able to sell the fact that they're brother and sister but right. there's nothing in the script that really defines their relationship in any way, shape, or form. We're just told they're brother and sister, and then that's it. Like, there, there is nothing else to their actual sibling dynamic that we get to experience that's written outside of just whatever Renner and Art are bringing to their character. That's the only way we really get that that chemistry. And so I, I, I think you're right. If you're going to... If you're going to make them brother and sister, then everything else needs to slow down and we need to really bake in who they are, give them the development, who they are together. You know, what is their relationship? Who are they as brother and sister? Just saying they're witch hunters because they had an experience as a kid. That's not enough. Like, you got to give me way more to care about them. And additionally, I love the idea. Like, make them lovers. Like, you can even do the Hansel and Gretel thing and they don't have... You could... Get let Jeremy Renner give a voiceover and be like, everyone thinks they were brother and sister, but they're not. They were actually childhood friends who grew up to become lovers. Like, done, <laughs> done. You're, all, you're already changing you the story, so just do it that way. Cool question for both of you two. On the on that note, if if the plot was changed to where they got rid of two characters, maybe linked that up stuff and made the two main characters instead of brother and sister lovers, would you guys move it up to three point five out of five? I think or there has to be more has to be done. We're we're opening up about 15 20 minutes of scenes that yeah. are yeah. Uh, yeah. No, 100%, 100%. Yeah. So yeah. who's to say what those 15 20 minutes would have actually been filled up with? Cuz if if all we're doing is just removing 15 20 minutes, mm-hmm. now I've got a 100 minute movie like uh-huh. 
Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, a 70 minute movie? So, like, yeah, 70. Yeah, yeah 70. Do I, yeah. Do, I, do I care at that yeah. point? Yeah. I don't know. I've seen 70 minute movies that I care mm-hmm. about. Like, do you I, think it would be yeah. a quick fantasy flick that meet the expectations? Because, like, you guys made very valid points on like check mark boxes. So, hypothetically speaking, let's see here. So, we got five more minutes and we'll touch base on this real quick and then go into the last minute opinion. So, let's go on to say here because you, Derek and, and Tony made excellent opinions on this. So, let's say that it was just meeting the fantasy sci fi box office hit requirements of Hollywood at the time being. Let's get rid of the classic nerdy character that maybe intertwined one of them knowing technological know-how into two lovers instead, and then possibly keeping the troll, um, debating, you know, what's going on, but eliminating the whole concept of them being brother, sister, and accumulating this big storyline of Mina and that concept and putting them just two as lovers, one technologically savvy, the other one both being badasses. Do you think that quick real quick 60 to 70 minute film pop 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 this is what it's going to be hansel and gretel witch hunters action fanatics yeah and I, then going immediately do you think would that be enough or would still yeah, more and more have to happen i agree because it does depend on what you fill it with so yeah. i i do think that uh part of me would like to believe that if you were willing to do that then you clearly are going to invest more in your script to make it a little bit more uh, cohesive yeah, um, yeah. and and not as disjointed because now you have you have your your focus isn't being spread so much it, it's mm-hmm. it's zeroed in on these characters because not only are they your main characters but now you have a reason for us to develop them so I I don't know that I would say to make it a seventy minute movie I would probably still push it to ninety. But you have a lot more that you can do with those extra 20 minutes. And if those extra 20 minutes are focused on the dynamics of your leads, now the movie, everything just fleshes out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I I don't know that they would choose to do that. But my hope is if if I think if we were fixing it uh, Mm -hmm. and if we were kind of addressing some of these issues, I do think that that would bring balance to just kind of everything, because now now. Now the appearance of Edward has has more stakes because he's mm-hmm. the only additional character we meet. And he's already instantly lovable, but you love him even more because this couple is like adopting this little kid, like or, yeah. or giant yeah. kid in that, yeah, in that no, no, regard. Yeah, totally. But but, it, but then even his connection to Gretel, it means that much more. And his connection to both of them means that. So if he's if he is in peril, if he does become in danger somewhere along the line in this film, it makes way more sense for them to want to go and save him and vice versa. It makes way more sense for him to save Gretel or save Hansel or whatever it is. So I do think that making those changes and not checking so many boxes because you feel that you have to, Mm -hmm. um, and then transferring those box checks into things that are more important that can center on them. I I think that would help. Fascinating. Gotcha. That's very interesting. Tony, uh, your opinion on that as well. And then after that, uh, we're gonna go ahead and do some last minute stuff um, and go on. But uh, Tony, what, would you uh, what, what would you do some additional changes? Or anything that in your eyes you definitely have to change to make a possible rating change for you on this? Uh, just hypothetical, all hypothetical. Well, I think okay. I think Jeremy Renner and Gemma Arterton, like you keep them where they're at, right? Even if we kept them as brother and sister, the problem that we're having is that the supporting cast around them. Like it's a outside of Edward and Peter Stormare as the the shitty sheriff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Nobody yeah. cares. Yeah. So even if you take a character like Ben, what? Why couldn't we have made him? You know, aged him up so that way he's age appropriate. You know, love interest for Gretel. Let's make him the local blacksmith or something that actually you know is interested in their weapons and helps them like you know trick them out a little bit more. Like again, he's the guy in the chair. He's Q. Like that's fine. Like why couldn't we have done that? Um, also with the mayor, the mayor is like I. I was reading through the Wikipedia article and they were just like, yeah. Uh, one of the deleted scenes is that the sheriff murders the mayor in front of everybody. Yeah. And the sheriff like just takes over the town, and I'm just like. Yeah, that's a good fucking point. What happened to the mayor? The whole point as to why these people are in this little town to begin with. And the same thing with like, you know, for example, Mina, even if you wanted a love interest for uh, Hansel, like the girl, like there's nothing particularly wrong with her, but she's not right for this movie at all because she's not Mm -hmm. at all engaging outside of the fact that she's very, very pretty. And so when you don't have much, you know, within the dialogue and within, you know, the, the overall plot, 
like you kind of have to like create those opportunities for yourself. You need the right kind of person that can just like, I always bring it back to Chris Hemsworth in uh, the first Thor movie. There's nothing in that script for him to play with, but yet he's fucking dazzling and sparkling and charming the shit out of all of us. And we were yep. like, more of that, please. Totally yep. on board. Why? Because Chris Hemsworth is a movie star. So if you're going to go ahead and just have like eye candy, you need a movie star, someone who can dazzle and glitter just like and have us captivated just on pure looks alone and on charisma and on charm and creating those opportunities. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it, it just feels like the cast outside of Peter Stormare and, you know, the two leads, they're wildly miscast. It feels like Mina feels like she is a girl that one of the producers wanted to bang. And the kid who plays Ben is some Nepo baby. And they're <laughs> some kid's uncle. Like, yeah, yep. your kid in the movie. So yep. we're square, right? Like we're good. It just doesn't, they're, they're just, does, I don't see what they're bringing to the table outside of just, well, we need a girl. We got a girl. Yeah. Well, we need a kid. We got a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah it's unfortunate, but Man. a lot of yeah, things that's... I could have done. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's still a solid three, three out of five. It succeeds in spite of itself. Um, it's still fun. It's not something that I'm going to like choose to watch on a weekly basis yeah. but if it's on why like, not tony no don't joke i'm joking i'm kidding i'm movie. kidding yes it is a perfect fx movie yep, 100 you're just like you know what yeah let's fucking leave it on here yep. order the pizza babe like yep. you know i was so yep. kidding i was so kidding yep. <laughs> but she's 100 totally right she's 100 right and and I don't even know how we got through an hour of talking about how to Gretel and we didn't mention Femke Jensen once I, I was about, okay. I was about to, there's a lot of this things here, and, and the, the problem is, is that there's so much, there's so much, there were so much possibilities to this film that they yeah. didn't execute with, and they could have. It was almost a story, and they literally had something that all they had to do was follow the foundation, flesh out the characters, and add a little oomph to. And it seemed like you guys seen this, they were aiming for a mark, and they slightly missed what, what's going on. I I I I wanted you to finish your thought, but I just needed to have my hand up so that way my thought. No, go, no, go ahead. No, no, that was go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say the reason why we forgot about Famco is because they insisted on fucking putting her in that ugly ass witch makeup. <laughs> makeup. I was about to say the makeup was so good that was she was like, clear that she exactly. doesn't need to be in yeah, it. Yeah, she doesn't I mean, need to be like, in it. Yeah. The, the, I mean, Ever. the bitch is vicious. You have you. She's taking wolves. She's taking things that are like I yeah. think she takes people splitting their bodies in half, like army, yeah. like not army doctors, but cabin in the woods. I mean, there's so many freaking things that are done that you know, obviously on this side that she's a badass and, and she's another person badass. she's another person that's wasted in this movie because yeah femk jensen has a ton of charm mm -hmm. uh especially in her earlier years in the beginning of her career like she's got oh incredible comedic timing she knows when to ham it up like very rarely do you ever see femk jensen show up in something and not understand the assignment fully like she is always very aware of the movie that she's in and you can tell that she's trying She's trying to do it, and the movie is just, and the script in general is just not doing her any favors to just let her revel in being this dastardly demonized witch. Like, they yeah, did, I, I don't think any of the witches on top of her. That's not prosthetic, because no, yeah. no, no, dude, that, that all that stuff. It was oh my god. See, the crazy, the crazy thing is, is that there's so it's many possibilities terrible. for those witches. There were so many tales. I mean, yeah. just that little coven of them that were there from all over the world was just insane they look badass so that they, they, they dropped the ball in that aspect too but for us all the time we have talked about this week, i know we can go into this much much more and i honestly give us an hour more of this and we'd have some fun through it also uh you know before we go into this cue ball mentioned before i agree that even though i love the action but it was too quick and you're like what and where and what just happened i laugh out loud so that was literally the sum up of what we've been talking about q i thank you so much for like staying hanging on with this one this one and Honestly, there's a lot more to talk about. I know we can go in this for a couple hours, but on that note, Derek, where can we find you on the socials, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at DRock Comedy. It's DROK Comedy. Um, you can find me on Facebook, just, you know, Derek Murray. You just type in my name, you'll find me. Um, you can find me on nerdbot.com, always writing reviews, um, get, do a ton of reviews, and then uh, follow me on Letterboxd. I'm pretty sure it's first, last name. I think it's Derek Murray 83. Um, but it, I, I can't review everything I watch. I, 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 I think I saw like 250 movies last year, uh, and I'm, I'm going for like 300 plus. So I cannot write full reviews for all of them. And I'm not writing a full review for Hansel and Gretel witch hunters. Uh, so, um, yeah, but yeah, follow me on, on all of those things. And, uh, I, I just talk about movies guys. 
Heck yeah, heck yeah. So you're a human being, not a robot. I got you. Not a robot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony, where can we find you, my friend, on your socials? Yeah, um, you guys can find me on the Tony Sanchez on all the socials. But to be honest, I've not been uh, creating much these days. Like this is the extent of my nerdery these days. I show up to Nam Talk. You guys let me eat food and talk shit about movies. So I mean, this, <laughs> you guys can usually find me if I'm real. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, uh, check me out on those socials and then uh, hopefully I'll be in a better mood. Listen, guys, I got a day job and I'm coming out of my seasonal depression. So, I mean, fingers crossed that I'm in a better mood to like start reviewing and start creating things again. So like, you know, let's all say a prayer. All right. Happy 2023. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. No, I, I totally understand that in retail's well day job. So go into season. I'm in a dungeon all day. But anyway, that being said, you can find me on my socials at I-A-M-C-O-W-I-E. It's I am Cowie on Instagram or uh, where I do a lot of skits, daily uh, content, funny shenanigans or Cowie Collector. That's where I do all my, uh, I would say, toy photography out there, too, as well. That being said, guys, that's all the time we have to talk about tonight. But please check in with us coming in uh, for the next show being on the 13th uh, with host Mike Manalo as they talk about Cloverfield uh, coming up being 15 years old on January 16th. So please join us on that today. That would be so hard. Oh, do I? Oh, my God. Yeah, I would. I saw it in the theater. It made me sick. I threw up. Uh, see that I had to watch it. I had to watch it. Oh, oh my god. Oh, anyway, that being said, oh my god, and we could talk about more. Oh, we're so excited. See, that's the reason why we love you guys. We just love talking about films any chance we get. That yep. being said, everybody, thank you for joining us. We always appreciate you being here. Remember, have a lovely night. I love peace, shit, and grease. Never, never, never surrender. Have a lovely night. Bye. Bye.